0: Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story.
1: Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
0: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else.
1: Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrel or call 844 ubrelvy Sponsored by AbbVie.
2: Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast. Uh, this episode is an extremely special one. It's uh, with Tristan DeVoe, Devo, my man. Uh, this episode is one for the books. He'll be back on. I hope, I hope, in the future, very soon, the man is an incredible leader, he's an incredible friend, and he's definitely, um, one to have by your side, through thick and thin, um, he's a great person, I mean, down to the core, he's looking to better every one of us, everyone he's in contact with, he's looking to better them, as long as, as well as himself, um, Just a really, really special episode, really special guest, and I'm very excited for him to come back on. But without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the show, and thank you for the support. And we're live. We got someone special in the building here. Devo, how are you feeling today?
3: You're doing absolutely fantastic, Trevor.
4: Money, money, KD, how are we feeling? To say I'm excited would be an understatement. Yeah. No, I'm fucking pumped to have Devo on the show, dude. I fucking known Devo for like a long ass time. And uh, I he's like a real cool dude. No, I'm sure y'all yeah. will see it, but no, I'm I'm really excited to get into this. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh I mean with that Devo, uh we were just talking, you said you had a couple questions or you had a question and then got a couple topics we'll go over after. We'll just kick it off with that. Let's we'll see what you got for us.
3: All right, dude. So I'm Devo. Uh so the big question I got for you guys, right? Is uh if you could be immortal, would you?
4: I got an easy one, dude. Go ahead. Heck no, bro. Well I'ma see everyone. I like how do you love someone knowing that you're you're gonna see them be born and die?
3: I mean, there's lots of things to do and, you know, a lot of people have regrets. Um, you've brought it up in a past podcast that a lot of people do have regrets that they grow old and they don't uh, accomplish everything that they wanted to or been able to do everything. So if you're immortal, then you're able to accomplish everything and more, you know, you get to experience everything, but a... it's space, travel, and all into in-depth, whatnot. What am I looking like the whole time?
4: Yeah, that's a good question.
3: Well, let's just say your age right now, dude. You you can get bigger, smaller, oh. but your your age is what you stay at.
4: Like in Twilight, yeah. Hmm.
3: Basically. Oh. Oh,
4: this ain't a bad. I mean, if I if I had to pick an age, yeah, it would be like twenty five or thirty. But like, right? I don't. I don't know, man. What are you, are you gonna live to be? A million.
3: I mean, sure, man. Until the world ends, whatever the case is, right? Let's just say there maybe there is a definite end however many years down the road or however many lifetimes down the road right Um, but question is is if you could be immortal would you well
2: yeah go ahead Trevor I would say yes the ability to create something great over and over again you could essentially be the god of the whole world Yes, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders, but you could literally be the god of the whole world, creating so much good for the whole world. Now, it would take a
4: while, bro. I'm
3: glad you said yes, Trevor, honestly. KD, you upset me not saying yes. Get the fuck out of here, right? yeah, you know, Everyone you know <laughs> no, is going to die. No, So look at this, right? Yeah, Quit being I, a bitch, bro. I <laughs> But I, I wanted a yes. And the reason why I wanted a yes is because I actually saw somebody ask this question. And uh, the person he asked said yes as well. And he's like, all right, well, what's even the point of getting up in the morning? Like, what, what's the point of getting out of bed? You could always do it tomorrow. You know, and like everything that you can do, you could always do it the next day. So, what's the point uh, in even trying to accomplish something if you know you could always do it the next day? Versus now where we know we have a lifetime, we know it's, you know, let's say 100 years at max, you are going to have an accomplishment timeline and you're going to grind as hard and as fast as possible in order to accomplish that timeline. Or to accomplish that goal, you know, so is being immortal even worth it? Would we even come up with half of these inventions and um, greatness that we like humans in a whole have come up with? If we could have been immortal. Man. Uh,
4: I don't think I would. Like, I'm a fucking habitual procrastinator, dude. Like, I will turn a paper in like an hour before it's due. So, like, for someone like me, if I know I'm going to be a million or a billion... I mean, I could see myself saying, "Fuck it, I'll just start tomorrow." The man, the definition of "I could do it tomorrow" gets even greater. Right? Pray to God, bro. I would not probably do shit because, like, it's so easy, dude. Oh, I'll fucking do it tomorrow. Like, college don't matter. If you could stay you
2: motivated, bro, the whole time, you could literally become a god.
4: You'd have to be like an Elon Musk type person. Because, like, theoretically, I don't. If I don't think you'd get that much smarter. Man, you crazy as hell, Trevor. Why would you be that much smarter? Like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, is there not a limit to how smart you can you can be?
3: Yeah, you're gonna brain dump something. Do
2: you do you think there is a limit? Do you think you will achieve that limit in your lifetime?
4: Yeah, I I mean, I think there. I mean, there are people with like 200 IQs. I'm just saying, like, you, you give me all the time in the world. And I'm not going to be a genius anytime soon. It's just, it's just not going to happen. It would be like, it would be like Mm -hmm. if you gave a monkey a bunch of books and like ways for him to learn. Is the monkey going to be that much smarter in 50 years? Like, it's still a monkey, you know. Like, I'm still fucking dumb.
2: What? What's your answer, Devo?
3: Oh no! After hearing the question i was thinking about it and it's like you know honestly becoming immortal would be cool you'd be able to accomplish a lot and like KD said it would be rough being able to lose everybody that you've loved and like all the bonds and relationships that you made but if you were a personable person and was able to communicate efficiently then you would make new friends as, as rough it is or as rough as it is but then he hit me with that next part and it's like what's what, what would be your rush to accomplish something you know, and that's what got me. It's like,
2: just strive to be great. Right, bro. Dude.
3: Well, because then do you do multiple things or do you only focus on one thing at once? Oh
2: No, you can focus on one thing at once. If I'm staying this age at forever, now I can literally just do 100% into my podcast. Once my podcast, I feel is good enough. It's been leading me into other things. Then I opened up a shop. Then I opened up an email. It just kept going and going and going. Your purpose is just like Forrest Gump, just show up on the doorstep. And if I'm, if I'm immortal from age 24 to age 24 for forever, I mean, shoot,
4: I'll take that. I
3: like, mean, what is going to be your motivation at that point? Sorry, Katie.
4: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Cause like continue, at, at a certain point, you're going to get so much money.
2: No, who cares about the money? You can create, the, you can literally create this world not create, but modify this world into just such a greater place than what it is right now. Because then, like you said, you have so much money. We all know rich people are running the motherfucking world right now. You are going to be at the top. Bro. You are eventually going to be at the top and you will run the world. If you don't let the power to get to your head and you're a great person, you got. we got money. We got money. The world has
4: money. I don't think there's a person on this earth that wouldn't let that get to their head, bro. Man, you crazy as hell. Schubert, you're oh, the most
3: let me think about it right now.
4: Yeah, you're the smartest or the power most powerful person to ever exist in human history. I man.
3: But I don't check, know. Man. Check this, right?
4: Yeah. Break it down, though So
3: you have all this time to accomplish whatever you want, right? Why are we not doing that right now? Why we have a lifeline timeline? You know, like, we only have so much time, so why are we not doing everything that we can in oh, order to no. do this?
4: Because the government makes it impossible to do anything now. Oh.
3: I mean, false, man. To an uh. extent, sure. It's false. To an extent, yes. But, I mean, it's been done. Things have happened. Like, You can do this. I'm not saying you're going to be the most powerful person in the world, but why is not everybody grinding in order to be the best?
2: Describe describe your uh, definition of grind.
3: (laughs) That's a a difficult one. Um, And it's hard to not necessarily describe, but to stick with explain so explain. Gr- I, I'm, I'm getting there so just grinding <laughs> it's it's the you know getting up every day um whether whatever time works for you but doing everything in order to make the best of yourself for that day right and yeah, some days are going to be rough some days are going to be off you're not going to get everything done that you wanted to and you know maybe it's going to be like a two-year cycle three-year four-year ongoing cycle that really just tears you down um and it uh it's just gonna be the voice in your head that has you constantly grinding and i know you're asking for the definition but it's gonna have that voice in your head constantly reminding you that you will be better and that you can become the best if you don't quit right and the grind is just not quitting whether you make progression that day or not if you don't quit and you get up the next day and continue on with your grind then you will become successful
4: I mean I think I know exactly why that's happening Trevor No go ahead Um so I think like having the drive or like being driven falls mostly on us dudes just like historically it's been like men who went out and conquered shit, you know, and I think a I think a big problem I know a big problem right now is the fact that testosterone levels among men have never been as low as they have now, and it's just it it's never been easier to be comfortable in doing nothing as it is right now
5: absolutely.
2: What do you think of Trevor? I mean, I, I can only like agree with it, r- really. I mean, that's that's the really the only thing that makes sense. I think you mentioned it earlier too, like the estrogen and the kids today is insane. And then I went somewhere and this kid was ridiculous, bro. It was like a six year old Arby's, man. Uh uh uh. Let me tell mm-hmm, you something.
3: Mm-hmm. You're the one keeping them in business, dude. Yeah, shout bro. out to Arby's, yeah, bro. bro. It's no bullshit. Bo- them bell peppers. Got the good, <laughs> good oh, fries, bro.
4: Shout out to uh, Arby's. Yeah, We're not some, sponsored by them, though. They got me some curly fries. Arby's, hit us up if you're trying to fucking sponsor. no yeah, oh, bullshit. No oh, bullshit. Brought uh, to you by roast beef. Oh. <laughs> uh, mamas. But yeah, this
2: kid, like, I would say probably eight to ten. Way too much estrogen in the system.
4: How could you tell?
2: Like I mean you could just tell you the man titties formed already. The the gut formed already. I mean it was just not looking good for this little kid. And
4: his dad had him at Arby's. No, I was thinking today at the grocery store, I seen this fat dude fucking walk by me. And I'm like, that body type did not exist fifty years ago. Oh. Or did yeah, we like, not
5: know
2: or did we not see it? It was not advertised.
4: No, it just didn't exist. Like, people uh, were so thin back then, and it was just the normal to be thin. That like is you can true. look up, yeah. yeah, like, you can look up, like, old fucking pictures of, like, people from the circus, and it's, like, the fat lady. It's, like, that's what the fat standard was back then for being in the damn circus. I see at least five of these people every time I go to the grocery store and spend $100 on, like, five things right now.
0: Ugh.
4: But yeah. goddamn, though, like... You see some body types that didn't even exist 50 years ago. It's like you mean to tell me that like this this whole problem that we're having of like laziness and people being sedentary is like a coincidence? It almost feels planned. Carry on. Because because <laughs> it's such a th- a monumental shift, and all it does is make people sedentary and lazy, right? That's great if you want to do one thing, which is Rule control people. The exactly the world. right world, like a population that's healthy and that has men of action, is not easy to control, it's just not. And I just think that it has been such a drastic shift in less than 50 years. Like, historically, diets don't change that much. It's just that's not something that happens, and I just think it's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence.
3: Getting yeah, the into conspiracy theories now. Yeah, no, 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 no. Wait, Diva, what are your uh,
2: <laughs> what's your opinion on coincidences?
3: Yeah, thoughts. I mean, you're not wrong, All right? So it's hard to argue. Um, Thank you. But there definitely <laughs> are some conspiracy theories that are not false. And we're just waiting for something to show up and prove everybody correct but, elon uh, musk yeah yeah wouldn't even call um, that a
4: conspiracy theory though
3: it's not necessarily a conspiracy theory it's just it, it's not until the point where you say why are they doing this to control us that's that's the part where it starts blending towards conspiracy why probably are don't get me wrong right it's because there's no definition answer. Like there's no definition proof. There's black not an white. answer anywhere. Uh, yeah, if there was an answer black and white, then obviously not. But do you? That's where.
2: Do you believe uh, actions speak louder than words?
3: Yeah. Ah. I mean, uh. so like actions. Speak <laughs> louder, uh. but, oh. Yeah, you can't argue black and white.
4: So here's where I'm at with that Devo. It's true. There's a lot of these like conspiracies that there's just no evidence of, right? I'll grant you that. But what I'm saying is that if there were something going on, what's happening now wouldn't look any different.
2: Here, here's this another way to put it. A conspiracy theory is a coincidence with evidence.
4: Well, like, that's not yeah, what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah, I'm saying like there's not um compelling evidence, but imagine that there actually was someone trying to control us and they started round about the end of World War II, <clears throat> just a coincidence. And <laughs> if they wanted to control us, they would do the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, I agree. So that's why I asked you, Diva, what what you uh what your thoughts were on coincidences.
3: On coincidences? Or on conspiracy theories?
2: I, no, because a conspiracy theory is just coincidence with evidence. That's why it's important to know what...
3: I mean, we we have partial evidence, though, don't we? Like KD said, there wasn't that body type 50 years ago. So we okay. have partial yeah. evidence. Yeah, then... but then... We don't have... We don't have anything from people who are trying to keep power over us
2: no 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 what
3: so demo,
5: (laughs) take a step back you're gonna get
3: me into this dude this (laughs) This is gonna get crazy (laughs) way to go step
5: step back
2: and what are your thoughts on coincidences when a coincidence happens to you and you see it what what do you think oh that's a coincidence how about that
3: I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. I've never been it, asked that, so uh, it's just uh, it, it can, can be not, a good it, or bad thing, right? Like, what if I'm I'm talking about something on Facebook? It shows up the next day for an ad, right? Oh, that's a coincidence. Like, I was just talking about that. Sure, yeah. Whatever, Stop.
5: Boom. Perfect. Awesome.
3: <laughs> you fell into the trap, Devo.
5: That is They're people. You're that asking. is that is no, now that I got you. That, right that is people. That is people controlling you. You don't believe they have
2: little speakers in our in our phones and so know like, what I'm we're talking about. I'm
3: not saying that they aren't. I'm just saying that we're getting into the conspiracy point and like, where is the evidence that states specifically? Well, who's gonna? That-
5: well, Hitler will never come out and, and say, that- "Hey, I'm Hitler, yeah, killing we're everyone."
3: Gonna admit it, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, he and wrote we'll that book it, in jail. But- No, no one currently doing it would come out and say, oh, you know yeah, what? No. Um, I'm going to try and weaken you all to control you. Yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one, Devo. It's just what hangs me up is like, okay, there's no real evidence, right? Got it. Why then does it look exactly how you would expect if it was actually going on? Like if there was like, okay, let's take the obesity thing, right? Or the uh, fatness thing. If there was nothing going on, it wouldn't be such a, like, a drastic thing. Like, if this happened over the course of, like, thousands of years because we drastically changed our arc, like, our, uh, like, how we grew food and what we ate to, like, keep up with, like, the climate or evolution. Where we lived. Yeah, yeah. That I would buy. But, like, shit, man. Look at, look at people back in the 70s, even. I guess that's 50 years ago. But I'm thinking, like, the 50s. They were fucking thin, dude. Like, yeah. that's no, not a long time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's like, you know, not saying there's it's something a, happening, suspicious. but if there was.
3: It's suspicious, man. Just it no would evidence. be
4: an awfully big coincidence, bro. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, with that, though, uh,
2: <clears throat> we met you in the Army. Uh, you're currently, said so you're acting PSG. Holy you already know Devo <laughs> representing. Uh I knew you knew you uh, you knew me when I was a little little old boy. And I knew you when you were, you were you uh, were just a little boy. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> that like that? Yeah. yeah,
2: so uh it was it was pretty cool. We kinda grew together, you kinda someone to look up to and someone to have fun with, someone to be like uh kinda part of the crew type deal. And now you're in this leadership position. When you were in the follower's position, you were hurting. You were coming in the shop hurting,
4: bro, every day. Oh, Down bad. He wasn't walking bad. in like fucking Vince McMahon. He was yeah. like stumbling in like Eeyore.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And
5: wearing like dirt as clothes.
4: Coming from you, Trevor. <laughs> yeah.
5: No. That's what I'm saying, bro. Coming from me. Oh, it's like in the, looking in the mirror. Yeah, bro. And
2: the man was just hurting and uh, you came in and said the first thing you said is uh you guys are thriving now. And uh kinda has to do I'm I'm assuming it has to do with you seeing bad leadership and learning from that and you seeing good leadership, putting them together, and now you got leadership. If you want to just dive into it, uh love to hear your thoughts.
3: Absolutely, man. So uh, like you were saying, we had a lot of rough leadership, um, and it wasn't just directly above me. It was multiple steps, and we got some new guys in, and they, they weren't with our shop or near our shop, so they were completely new people. And they just had to rely on <clears throat> the experience that was in our shop at the time to basically run it. And they were our backbone. They were just sitting there to ensure that people didn't mess with us. And they just let us do what we wanted. And so at that point, I was one of the senior guys in the shop. And I took advantage of it being in control. So like you said, I saw bad leadership. I saw good leadership. And I knew what to take from both. And I was able to try keeping my guys' mentality slash physical, emotional, mental, uh, health as high as possible and our project work. And so they left me in charge and we continuously built off of, um, the project that we work on consistently and everybody's mentality or, uh, not necessarily just mentality, but like everybody's just overall morale had increased and skyrocketed through the roof and we weren't staying those 14 hour days every day anymore we were getting things done in a reasonable time and getting out and now we're working seven hours a week five days a week and enjoying life getting time with our families getting time with the boys and and really just thriving at this point
4: yeah i i only laugh because like you're not being hyperbolic when you say 14 hours a day no. Like, there was a lot of times, like, when we were in the engine shop, we left usually around, like, 4.30 or 5, right? And I'd be leaving, and it'd be, like, four 4.50 or whatever. And I'd see Devo in the smoke pit. And I'd hit him up and be like, what time are you leaving, and Devo? He's like, oh, I don't know. Only got about, you know, five more hours to go. And then we get to come do PT at the ass crack of dawn. And, and I'm like, in the smoke pit. Yeah. you Exactly. I was like, <laughs> but but I only like I only did that just because like to feel better about myself. But man, was that an effective way oh, to improve man. my body?
3: Right. The good stuff. Dude, it, it was rough. Don't get me wrong. And the hardest point that we had was when we had um, a month and a half of it straight where <laughs> we worked weekends and we worked 13 days in a row to get one day mm-hmm. off. 13 days in a row to get one day off for a month and a half. And it, uh, it really tore down a lot of our guys and a lot of the guys that we have now didn't get to experience that because a lot of them got out because why would they stay in the military with that type of treatment, you know? Uh, but now that I was given the the freedom in order to do what I wanted and change things and really take, uh, take care of my guys and their mentality. Um, it completely shifted everything that we're doing. And instead of working uh, almost 100 hours a week, we're now working 35 and pushing out uh, the same, if not a better so, slash faster product. So what
2: made you want to, or not made you, but what got you to step up into the leadership position that you got? What was the leadership position? Uh, where, uh, Where did you, hang on, there's more, there's more. Where <laughs> yeah, where where did you uh kind of get the mentality that you wanted to create a place with better morale? It's easy to fall deeper into the hole. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to get your money and get out, especially in the military.
3: Thanks. So, as cocky as it sounds, I've always wanted to be the best in everything that I do. Right, and getting here, the first goal was who is the best maintainer. And I got it, and I said, I'm going to be better than that guy, and I'm going to do more than him in every way. And I hit uh, – not necessarily a pinnacle, but I hit a pretty high point in my maintenance career. And at that point, it was – they informed me like, hey, we're going to promote you to a sergeant. We want you to start taking this next leadership role. And at that point, who's the best leader? I'm going to be better, if not the best leader I could possibly be. And I'm going to make the best out of everything. I'm going to have the best products. I'm going to have the best guys. I'm going to have the best morale. We're just going to crush everything that we do. And it wasn't leaving anyone behind. It is a a super selfless thing and a very, very difficult thing to do um, because it's easy to rise to the top. If you get lucky and you're in the right place at the right time, but you take everybody else with you and, improve everybody and grow everybody that way there's not just one you know superstar it's an entire team of superstars that can now spread that knowledge and expertise across everything across the unit, across you know the army across the world um and so my goal was to become the best leader and what other proof is there to be a leader other than a prod a product Anyone can push a product out, but who can push out a product with keeping every single one of your employees happy?
4: Yeah, I got a, a good question for you, Devo. So like, I'm going to share a story and I think it, it really speaks to what Devo kind of like what he's all about, you know? <laughs> so we, yeah, we were going uh, TDY to Florida, right? And Devo had to get there before us and like set all this shit up, right? So when we got there, I guess we could like fall in and like you know, work or whatever. And so like we got there and like Devo fucking strolls out and like this Hawaiian shirt and like this, this shorts, I want to say. And it was like this, it was like such a nonchalant fit. And he's walking, like, it's all cool. And I'm like freaking out. Cause like, I got to get all this engine wash shit ready. And like, I'm thinking, okay, hopefully Dick, de- I, like, I worked with Devo before. Like I knew he's a good dude, but I'm like, man, he's, I don't know. And so I'm like, Devo, where is this shit? And he's like, oh, that's here. That's here. This is here. This is here. We bought this. This we didn't know about, but it's fixed. And then this is all this shit that's ready for you. And I'm like, bro, thank God. And so my question to you is, how did you kind of develop those other kind of make it happen qualities that I think really make it like an effective leader, Not just job proficiency. You know what I'm saying? All the other shit
3: just just a life proficiency um <clears throat> so a big portion of it came from my father he too was in the military and uh the biggest thing that he told me or that my takeaway was um and I'm going to expand more on it is you always eat last your soldiers will always eat before you right and and that's where that selflessness comes in where no matter what Everybody else is going to be taken care of before me because I can handle. So um, no matter what it is at this point, not just eating food, right, but everything else, no matter what, the soldiers are going to be taken care of. And, you know, you weren't even in my shop, but I was the trip lead for that. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of, whether you're a higher rank or if you're a different position or whatnot, everybody that I'm with is going to be taken care of before I break down and start doing stuff myself.
4: Money. I'm with you, bro. No, and, I think it's just a unique thing to kind of have that mentality right now. Yeah, it's like that
2: leads into my question: was, was where and how you learned your leadership? Um, you were known definitely in the en- engine shop as the maintainer with zero
5: <laughs> deployments. Oh, wow! Um, <laughs> that ain't fair, that, bro. It
4: was no, hard to get it up. No, no, it was,
2: it was, but uh where and how did you learn the leadership did you where i guess kind of where the experiences come from and all
3: that so it's funny because uh i actually had uh bob Plotz ask me this question the other day Ooh, um smart man and it's a, a multitude of things right it's uh <clears throat> as soon as it sounds you know video games were a part of it um we were gaming me and my brothers grew up gaming and uh I always had to take that leadership role and be like, Hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to do this. And then we'll move over here. Uh, then we had my father, like I said, he was always guiding and, uh, in high school, middle school, high school, I started picking up some of these team captain slots. And, um, then in high school, I ended up coaching a bunch of middle school teams between, uh, football, wrestling, uh, female volleyball, female basketball, and really just helping all these guys out. Um, and then I also ended up doing a state leadership conference oh. and won first place in state of Oregon, went to nationals, and I placed 16th in nationals. Um, and so leadership's always been a big thing for me. And so joining the Army, um, I was trying my best, but you can only do so much at a lower level because obviously everyone overlooks you and your ideas. Wow. And,
0: the when
3: i finally picked up sergeant they heard a little bit but they didn't really you know uh entertain the idea and yep. uh finally i was given my opportunity and i shined with it and then they're like well that was a fluke cuz like no one's been able to push out this million dollar project in a 55 day period do it again so then instead of a 53 day i'd push it out in a 44 day <laughs> uh timeline and at that point, everyone realized that I do have this leadership capability and that I'm able to um, improve not only myself, but my shop and everybody else that I've worked with or come in contact with. And just like you guys, you want to, uh, you know, affect at least one life. And that's the biggest goal here is to at least improve or affect or change or inspire one life. And that's all you need, man. Yes. Like, one one life at a time.
4: So now that we're pushing phases out in forty-five days, that's your fault. Yeah, you Is piece that, of shit. That, that what I'm to understand. Yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most fucking deco thing I ever heard, bro.
3: No, uh, hey. luckily they've kept it at the same fifty-five day standard. But if you push out beforehand, then you get a little bit of kudos.
5: Oh no, kill. Oh, you get kudos, friend. Yeah, favorite. back back the fuck to work. Yeah, you kudos, shut the fuck up, bro. bitch! You got PT tomorrow, seven a.m. Why
4: are you Be fat, there? dude? You've only been working fourteen hours a day. Uh, no, <laughs>
2: but uh, it's your your mindset is is pretty impressive to say the least. Um, and you don't you don't just develop that from square one. It's pretty hard. And it's. Uh, when you start you kind of have role models and you were talking about earlier some inspirations who who are your role models can you give a kind of like uh i guess a childhood example and then just kind of a pure example throughout the military
3: um so it's been rough and it, it might uh get a little darker in the show now but Honestly, it was my dad. Like I said, he's, he's been an inspiration. He was in the army. uh, He was in the national guard and he picked up E six and then broke his back and got medically discharged. Um, And my sole goal at that point was I'm going to do better than you. I'm going mm-hmm. to accomplish everything that you've accomplished and go one step further. And other than the rank, he has admitted that I have done everything a step further than what he's accomplished. So that was a, a big inspiration, as well as um, a couple people throughout life, like a couple of my best friends back home. Um, and that's where the dark part gets in. It's like when I first got to the unit, I came straight to this unit, I'd never been anywhere else. Uh, my first team leader actually passed away um, about six months after I showed up.
4: Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about
3: it was a, it was a really rough time. You know, I just got introduced to the shop. Uh, I'm grinding with this guy and he is trying to excel me at like my best point. Um, and he passed away and that was a hard take on not only me, but the shop itself. Cause obviously those guys have been there for years before me. So, you know, this got a lot closer. Um, so that, that happened. And then another inspiration was one of my best friends, uh, Gage Graves. He, uh, ended up passing away. Um, because my team leader passed away in February. My best friend ended up passing away in July. And then it was rough. Um, But, you know, you get through it. And it it was a lot of uh, mental growth in that period. And then we come across my best friend that I made in the military. Um, You guys know Morris from the flight company. So he, uh, I was really close with him and his sister. And then his sister ended up passing away in October of that year and so it it, i just couldn't get over you know i would be okay for a month and then it would just hit again and uh they weren't all necessarily a huge inspiration but they were a big part of my life um and then we get into just some of our guys in the office um you would notice uh like uh will thompson he was one of our section sergeants and he wouldn't just sit in the office. He was for the guys, for the boys. He was out there grinding with us, teaching us everything that he knew in order to make us all better. And uh, he was a big inspiration. And then something that not everybody's going to agree with, but Katie, I know you know uh, Darius Scarborough.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, So he,
3: he was actually the pinnacle of me changing my maintenance experience into leadership. Mind you, I've had all this leadership experience before, right? And I actually just called him a couple days ago. We talked for like 45 minutes. But uh, he ended up telling me on one event. He was like, hey, with this strut, you're not going to touch it. He's like, I can't get you to stop any other way. I need you to train these people on how to do this, like this task. Um, So they sat – he sat there and put me at parade rest for (laughs) – The entire duration, I couldn't move, couldn't do anything. I had to verbally teach somebody how to do a servicing of a strut. And (laughs) at that point, I started realizing what he meant by I needed to take a step back and teach and show leadership and mentor rather than do and or take over something if someone can't do it as fast or as well as others.
4: Can you describe parade rest? For those of us who don't yes, know, like, so, kind
3: of paint this because I know it looks ridiculous,
4: but for the people that don't know what so, that means,
3: great rest you're standing vertically, your legs are split a little bit, just like a normal casual stance, and then you have your hands behind your back and you cannot move and you can only turn your head. Like, right. they're in so, the smaller, I'll, I'll fucking, yes, they're, they're they're like, yeah, like, I just uh, pulled up, I pulled up
4: a picture. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. So it, it, it was rough. Uh, I could not move in a sense. And all I could do is move my head and mouth in order to teach this person, how to accomplish the task. And so I was completely locked. I just, I couldn't do anything. I just had to stand there and teach and it really opened my eyes into a lot of the different leadership <clears throat> roles and, uh, how to manipulate your communication in order to have people understand what you're trying to get across.
4: Now, those sound like positive leaders. Can you tell me about a negative leader without naming them? Can you tell me about a negative leader and how you kind of uh, use their uh, negative or their poor leadership to be a better leader yourself?
3: Yeah, man. So, should be easy. Uh, so uh, for a situation, we got told to uh, find <laughs> the broken chairs in one of our maintenance bays and to throw them away. So we're like, okay, can do. So we went and we started throwing these chairs away. And someone Money. came out and told us, like, hey, you should take this to a recycling place in a different location. That's not anywhere near us. And they're closed. <laughs> Mind you, this is like 435 <laughs> So we're like, okay, we'll do the next sensible thing. We stored all the chairs in one single pile to make it look decent. Like, they weren't thrown over each top of each other. They are like, lined out, all yeah, yeah. close knitted. You're in
4: formation. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. What is
5: it? Uh dress right, dress, motherfucker. All
3: in <laughs> it, it wasn't an empty maintenance bay. We got a call at it was like eight o'clock or eight thirty nine, something like that, telling all of us to just this just our leadership, right? Because I was an E5 at the time. I was a sergeant uh at that time to return to the office. So we come flying in thinking something's crazy going on. And we got told that now we are playing Easter egg hunt with these broken chairs. We will find every chair in the two hangars, and then bring Ooh. them into our specific office, make our office look like garbage, rather than having it just in a nice little pile to take in the morning. And so we spent the next hour and a half, two hours, searching for broken chairs throughout two hangars, um, <laughs> and seeing stuff like that. It, it was uh, <laughs> it was really eye opening. Um, (laughs) mind you, I, I have had some questionable leaders in the past, but that was a big thing. That's like, why this could have been a tomorrow thing. We already had them nice. We're going to take them tomorrow. You could have just called someone or asked. Um, and then to go one step further with that same leader, uh, our, our maintenance book didn't necessarily reflect everything that was done on our project. Right. And, uh, no. That Might leader, as well be Hitler, bro. Come on. The leader kept us there at 5. He realized it was like 5, 530. He realized that it was messed up. He then had everyone stand at the position that they just showed you, parade rest, uh, ah. in the maintenance bay until 1130. That's not uncomfortable anything at all. Anything. Yes. So close to 6 Wait, hours. 1130? PM. 1130. We passed the 14-hour duty day. You
2: mean to tell me 2330? You know. You mean to tell you. me 2330?
3: 20, 2330. Yes, he did not care. And at that oh, point, no. that, was the, that was the biggest turning point. Like, I've already seen bad leaders, but that was the biggest turning point of I'm not going to handle this. I'm not going to do well with this. And I'm not going to let my guys stand for this because this is not what they deserve. And, uh, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of change shortly after that. Yeah. Does he
4: have a nasally voice, this guy?
3: I don't know. He's, uh,
4: you got to tell, tell me in the after show. turn into, turn into the after show. Wait, funny wait, wait, funny. wait. Hang on. I'll pause it and we'll go right back.
5: What? <laughs> I never <laughs> expected it to be him.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, like, that sounds exactly like some shit he do, bro. Yeah, no. Uh, but with all that, man,
2: right before you mentioned it a couple times, uh, for the boys, the boys, boys having your back. Uh, we talked about hunting the good stuff. You want to just dive into the boys what you uh what you mean just explain everything about it kind of start from square one let the people know what's up so,
3: uh, so between um significant of you know the boys like everyone hears it, oh the boys are, the saturdays are for the boys and this and that like it, it's a real thing and uh it's not necessarily those who are above you below you the same level it's just everybody that can in a sense vibe with you and or your situation and like uh, these gentlemen were saying earlier how they would watch me walk in like Eeyore into their shop I was oh. you know dragging ass I couldn't do anything like everything was just bad it was just everything was a negative thing I couldn't do get anything positive and D-O. you know walking in and seeing them get lunch dude or like come to the like this are is eating. exciting. Like, yeah, they had time to sit down and eat and say <laughs> bullshit. Like, like, they were able to talk about the night before. They weren't just sitting there nonstop grinding. And walking in, I would get the intro of a lifetime and every single time oh, I walked walk dude. into the shop. And they would just scream at the top of their lungs, didn't care who heard, Diva! And,
4: yeah, and if you heard that, you had best join in. And,
3: yeah. and everybody... The best would... hear
4: at least
5: one or two more.
3: And... I would not necessarily sneak off to their shop, but I would make it a goal in my day to go to the shop as many times as possible just to get that pickup boost, just to be able to, you know, (laughs) hang out and, you know, reflect what's going on with my day. Yeah, because you already know,
5: you already
2: know uh, Engine Shop had time to sit back and listen.
3: It, It was glorious, man. And it was, it wasn't like you guys would stop like you guys some people would or they wouldn't be busy and they would be able to talk but like you guys actually showed an interest and cared about other people not just excuse me in your shop but just in the unit and other people that are going through the same pain or you know you've been there you've done that but like just going and helping your boys out like making it as enjoyable as possible we're all coming to work whether we like it or not we're all going to work you gotta make the best of it dude. no that's fucking
4: legit dude i uh i because like in the army everyone knows what it feels like when like work just kicks you in the ass bro like we've all (laughs) been there and like i thought it was cool too because like there was i mean we weren't all just fucking playing hacky sack and they're like sometimes we're bummed out and then you'd walk in and it would be like fucking John Cena walked through the door. It's like, <laughs> <deux Honda> <später> like uh, yeah. It's like, how you even get mad? You know, I was like, and oh, it's, no. it
2: doesn't even have to be like, there'd be times I had to walk to a like tech supply or whatever to go get a part or tool room. And Devo's
5: Domo, oh, like, yeah. Devo's like neck deep in the top of a Blackhawk, like trying to fucking fix it. And I, I could see like his dirty ass boost. Barely bounced,
4: sticking up, yeah, like, like the top. hanging out of the top, like t hey, uh, r- real quick, shout out to Tech Supply if anyone from there's watching, bro. Yeah, that, that's
2: no, yeah, sh- and especially always... them, especially them old Tech Supply dudes. Y'all know who oh, we're talking yeah, about.
4: Shout
3: out to Tech Supply.
2: Say the truth. Uh, we'll get you all on soon for sure.
3: But yeah, no, that that's exactly what I needed to get through a lot. Um, and. The biggest thing was just being able to reflect the attitude, you know, like you got boys looking out for you and you got boys not only looking out, but reaching out for you. And, and they'd come out like Katie was saying earlier. he would make his way out, whether Trevor was, you know, doing whatever Trevor was doing, but <laughs> yeah, he would make a whole out. lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like whether I thought it was solely about me. Right. Kevin could have talked to every single other person in the entire hangar. It didn't matter because he hit me up. He came out and was talking to me, and it made me feel like, you know, I was actually cared for by somebody else, and he was able to, whether it was just saying hello or he was actually asking, like it just felt nice having someone at work to actually stand behind you and give a shit. And Yeah, and like
2: listen to you, bitch, because we know you – like you never really did that bad. It was never like – and that's why we always came back for more because we'd always show up like like Kevin said – it was a way yeah. to boost my morale. Like I guess showed well, up, it was and t- and you knew that, like you knew, you knew your role, damn near. Absolutely. Yeah. And
4: it was weird too, because like you'd always say how horrible everything was, but I'm like, <laughs> I thought you were. It's gonna sound dumb, I said, but I thought you were a good maintainer. Like, <laughs> no, but I'm like, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed listening to you because it was a really good way for me to get some perspective and quit being a bitch about what I was fucking dealing with. Yeah. But, like, I hated when I was, like, a young guy, right, and I'd be, like, balls deep in work, and there'd be, like, no one around just to bitch to. Because then I'd bitch to my wife, and, like, she don't even know what a fucking LAS is. Like, she's not going to understand the manual, ACN. Yeah, no,
2: ain't nothing worse than trying to come home bitch about some acronyms they don't know.
4: Pray to God, dude. (laughs) I mean, you'd be fine with that, Devo. Your wife's in, right?
3: She just got, uh, she ETS in January, actually. Money! Oh, shout out to
4: her, bro. Hey. Sell yeah. about the
3: money, money, money. No,
4: but she knows, though. Good, good, she does, yes. Good yeah. for her for getting out, bro. Yeah. Shout out to her. I said good for, for you for getting
3: out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that, how it was brought up, it was a bitch to yourself. Uh, the first thing that I got told when showing up to my shop was, uh, you're allowed to bitch only if you're working and so, sure that, that that's a mentality right don't get me wrong it, it's it's not the best mentality no. and you're at least getting the work done but you get to blow off a little bit of steam
4: it's gonna say Trevor, it we was,
3: never hear you yeah, wait, what? Uh, it, it was the the maturing so quickly through the ranks that i realized like there's no need to bitch while working sure you can still bitch while working like that that's up to you but that's why we have sensing sessions we have you know come talk to me offline come talk to me in front of everybody Mm -hmm. we can do whatever you want like open up talk to a psych talk to the boys talk to somebody like get the help you need like obviously this is an issue so let's fix it rather than shut up go back to work yeah so someone
2: else mine yeah i handled it in a different situation like kevin was saying uh I would definitely bitch while working or while not working. I was known as bitch and blazik. But it got it got to a point where, like I said, I knew my role. And if I could do it for everyone, to where not everyone has to do it, they could just kind of chime in, throw their little two cents in, and I'm known as bitch and blazik, that's fine. Now not everyone in the shop has to bitch because they can listen to me. And I'm a good talker. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs>
4: No, bro. I fucking totally <laughs> went against like the army. How they say like you're not supposed to like complain to soldiers that are a lower rank to you, or yeah, about NCOs. Like, have you seen Catch the, uh, Me,
2: Saving Private I... Ryan? Saving Private Ryan when they're walking through the fucking uh, the uh, field, and he's like, "Tell me, Captain," he asked Tom Hanks, "What uh, what do you hate about this war?" And that was what he said. He's like, "I, I will bitch. Uh, you guys can bitch up, but I will never bitch down."
4: Yeah, mad props to Tom Hanks, dude, but, like, <laughs> not me, bro. But, but, but I'll tell you what it did do, though, was it made people, like, kind of humanized everyone. Like, you're not going to fucking get along with everyone all the time. Like, people can yeah. see when, like, me and another NCO are fighting. Like, it's not a fucking secret. But the fact that I could, like, go up to Trevor and Bosa and bitch about fucking someone that was my peer, like... It made us kind of trust each other and you, more. Yeah,
2: and you know damn well you're going to get a bitch back, or I'm agreeing with you, because I'm all for bitching.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know what like, I'm he saying? He's an like, FMQ. Come to you know. me
5: about your bitching.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, but I think that's like it, – it's it's not going to work in some places, but when it works, it's fucking
3: – Yeah, it choice. is mint, man. Yeah. Well, and you don't always have to bitch down. Like, I, Don't get me wrong. I do. I don't, I don't care what people think. I still do, but it's not always bitching to the next level above you. Um, you know, a lot of these, uh, first sergeants have an open door policy and everybody's afraid of backlash and afraid of, um, you know, the the ridicule and embarrassment and fear and retaliation from in between leadership from where you are to that first sergeant. But it, it's not going to change unless you speak up. And that's why communication is going to be a huge thing. Um, yeah. Like, you have to be able to do it. And that's yeah. why at one point, luckily, it was after I accomplished a big goal for our unit, um, They, I had a, I had some type of ump um, under my name. And I was like, I can't let these guys handle this. I can't let them live like what this was anymore. the What was the goal? The the 55-day Okay. phase um we pushed out in 53 days which was the first time anyone military or civilian pushed it out within that timeline and right. guess
4: who was on that phase for the engine shop baby is wearing
5: that penny son <laughs> wearing that penny dude. Son? i'm
4: a fucking shit bag. i probably wouldn't do no, that
5: no you were probably on every ti shit Yo, bagging yeah, upstairs. No, that's,
3: that's the big thing right is i barely did maintenance because <laughs> i was the project manager of that phase right and so i had to rely on my guys in order to do that maintenance correctly safely so the aircraft can get in the air um so why would i shit on them why why would i let someone above me shit on them and so i had to go as high as i possibly could and reach out and be like look i have some type of respect and oh, i'm funding my name now we can't keep living like this like can we at least talk about it yeah. and we started talking about it through, and like everybody in the room threw out complaints, and our first one said, "Well, I can't do anything unless I know the name." I dropped the name, and things he changed when we got a different. Oh, that's right.
4: how that happened. That's how that happened. Matter up, son. son.
3: about, right? Boom! Like it's, it's nothing to to brag about or like to <clears throat> shit on him about. But he his situation was also extremely different. He was able to progress through the ranks without having any soldiers underneath him. And only having to communicate to a handful of people. So when he got 35 soldiers underneath him, I've been living this. Like, I was living with eight people, and then all of a sudden, we got 35, and life was great. I actually had people to do stuff.
0: Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now, I use Ubrelvi or ubro to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take UbreLvi which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly
1: stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
0: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvy, it can help someone else.
1: Ask your doctor about Ubrelvy, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4UBRELVY. Sponsored by AbbVie. He never got to experience that, so he went from
3: one or two, maybe to 35, and it is a huge jump. And so, as much as everyone shits on him, I will still give him some props because he was still looking out for us in some manner, but it was always a negative manner to us, or it affected us in a yeah. harsh way it was uh, it got better.
2: It's, yeah, it's that perspective me and Kev always talk about just viewing two sides
4: to the story. It almost <clears throat> sounds like you have Stockholm Syndrome. Only because I know how it bad this dude was.
3: Well, like, And so, it, it was bad. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah.
3: But, it was it, his purpose, in a sense, right? His purpose was to make the shot better. It was to make phases come out faster, on time, safer, less fuck, or like cost efficient. Like he had these goals, but he could not execute them how they needed to be executed. Yeah, and like he, he did not communicate properly in order for them to be done correctly. Yeah, he's still yeah. an NCO in the army, like. Hello? Yes.
4: No, like, I get it, you got a job to do, but, like, half your job as NCO is, like, health and welfare of soldiers. Yeah, and, like, yeah. if all your soldiers want to jump in front of the nearest Chinook that's taking off, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, you got to have failed somewhere.
2: Uh, no, but we, we keep talking about how bad it was. Uh, and there's a couple stories I talked about. Kev's got a couple stories. We will have to get into that, I'm sure. But there's, uh, we've all been in a shitty moment, whether Conus, or conus. Uh, With a group of people that we're almost forced to care about, almost forced to love. And you handle it as a team, whether it's bitching or, uh, like we said, we hunt the good stuff. And if you just kind of want to dive into that, Devo, just the definition of it, the idea behind it, and how you use it, be great. So,
3: (laughs) hunt the good stuff. Those who are in the military or at least the army will understand what it is. It's a. It's finding the best things when nothing is good. <laughs> right, like that's, <laughs> that's the Abden easiest way analysis. to put it, man. Um, and it's, <laughs> man, it's rough. And, and some of those days are like uh, the Murphy effect, you know, or Murphy's Law, where anything that could go bad goes bad. And the only thing that you can find to hunt the good stuff is, I woke up today, man. Yep. Still breathing. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been there, and it's, it's not the best place to be, but it always does get better. And uh, it, it it's a, a daily thing that you got to do, honestly. And you'll start to notice that it's a, a roller coaster, honestly, because some days you may have five, six, seven things that are amazing, dude. Like you were able to accomplish this goal. You were able to get to this weight. You were able to, you know, read a book. You were able to do something that was productive in your goal set and some days it really is just i woke up today and i'm going to sleep and my goal tomorrow is to wake up and anything on top of that is better and uh hunting the good stuff in the military like it i'm telling you when i was down bad with those boys um it was really like i said it was to make as many trips to the engine shop as possible and like your soldiers shouldn't be wanting to do that or your employees, whether you're military or not, your employees shouldn't be, I have to go see these two people in order to be happy. Like your soldiers slash employers should be excited to come to work, excited to grind out for you, willing to do whatever you need, willing to step up and ask uh, what they need to do to help you. And like, they do that from hunting the good stuff. They're like, you know what? Like my boss really stepped up. He did this. Like, I should reflect. Like I should I should, you know, uh uh reflect what they're doing. Like it's not that hard. It's only another five minutes or ten minutes out of my day. But then it improves your leadership's morale and your leadership will then reflect more onto you, like the employers. And uh it, it really does start with hunting the good stuff, because like, you can get down bad and you can get down bad really hard for a long time. And uh you just gotta find whatever works for you that can pull you out of that slump just like the other day that we were talking about music and how KD listens to a sad song to get himself into that bottom of that roller coaster to shoot back up right and some people's is you know metacognitive where they go and they break down everything that they were doing that day and Hopefully, it's more than just waking up at this point. There's always going to be something more than waking up. Maybe you saw a pretty flower, man. Maybe that's just what made your day. Like, you just have to break it down to the lowest level possible and find something to really pull yourself out of those deep roots.
4: I'm like Chris Kyle with that good stuff, bro.
3: I'm not going to. I heard Kevin, I don't know how many times, man. I would come in and I was. I was struggling, I was doing rough on phase. I was doing, like, I was just in a shit mood, and whether it was my, my best friend passing away, or whatever the situation is, I'd walk in, and they would get me to laugh, and, uh, and, you already immediately, know it, heaven, <laughs> exactly, dude, the boys, it didn't matter what, these guys would do anything just to get me to fucking chuckle, at least, and, I'm gonna uh, get
4: you to laugh, guys. <laughs>
3: It was needed, dude. And the second I started to smile, Kevin immediately, hey, man, you got to hunt the good stuff, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, like, goofy as the Army makes it and how much they push it. And everyone's like, oh, okay, it's just another training. Like, sometimes you really got to use it, man. No, yeah. Kevin's no, I on,
4: see your ass laughing, Trent.
3: Yeah, because,
5: man, I could go on for days about this, but one of the biggest, like, sarcastic things Kevin has given me is – uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, you are. Uh, just whoa. Oh, and man. using whoa sarcastically really got so many laughs out of so many people, and it brightened so many people's days. And I spread that around the hangar, man. I got so many people. I ended up saying it in a hockey locker room one night on like a Sunday <laughs> night in Nashville, and I'm like, yeah. bro, I can't say this here. Like, <laughs> got that? i be, like,
4: be like, come on, sure, we gotta go clean the latrine who I'm like,
5: god damn it, i
4: started no, but this. like that's the crazy thing is i would say most of the time i said hunt the good stuff like kind of ironically just to be funny you know but then it got to a certain point where i'm like well fuck dude like i'm actually hunting the good stuff yeah right
5: it now. actually works yeah
4: yeah and it's like even hearing that kind of phrase ironic or yeah over and over again it's like even if i might be joking there's still some truth in what i'm saying
0: well,
3: and that's where, uh, um, where was I at? Uh, the attitude reflection, right? Um, so whether you were down bad at that same time, right, you were able to provide me with a positive attitude and a positive outlook, no matter how down bad you were, and it would reflect on me and I would come out with a better attitude. A better mentality. I was just like, you know what, today's a shit day. I woke up. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. Let's keep grinding. Like, let's just get this done so we can go home. I got some video games to play. I got something exciting to do, you know. And uh, that's a big thing for the leadership aspect. Whether again, you're civilian or military, um, sometimes you have to be the giver and not the taker. And it's gonna be extremely difficult because you're gonna have to be as selfless as possible. But if you fake an attitude, and I'm not saying be a smart ass with it, you know, but if you fake an attitude and you really put on a big smile and a positive attitude, and just the world is gonna be okay, man. Like everything's gonna be okay, it's gonna find its way. Other people are gonna start reflecting on that, and their positive reflection, again, whether it's wrong or false or fake or whatever you want to call it, even if it's real, like it's gonna start reflecting on you in a positive way. And by you faking it and giving it to your, your employers, they're going to return it to you and yours will then become real and you will have a positive outlook on yeah. life.
2: Yeah. So one, I, I, I relate to this a lot. Um. Before I was getting out, before I was told I was getting out and before I got divorced, I was the happy go lucky guy. And Brandon has talked about this countless times. I was the guy that was going in there smiling and, uh, it would upset him because he he's like this world is so evil, and this kid's coming in here smiling every day. But it would brighten his day up. He just couldn't find the happiness. Um, but then if you do that to a certain point, you get you get crushed down if you can't take the the world on your shoulders essentially. So then I hit my divorce and I hit my uh, uh, medical discharge, and now I'm like man was this all just a joke and the world is actually evil and I'm just stuck in it and I just put on this face. So there is, there is two sides kind of, you got to balance it out. (laughs) Uh, But, but with that, I do kind of want to bring up, um, you keep mentioning about struggling at at work. We talk about your uniform and all that, but there is the struggle at home as well. Um, and, Balance is always important. How do you balance work, personal life when you're struggling at home? Like you were struggling at work and home. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, was, I was. was, I was there, but, uh, I mean, it's hard not to struggle at home when you're at work 14 hours a day in a shitty attitude, you know, and then you go home. I mean, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a kid at that time too, right? I
3: had a kid in uh, February of 2020. So yeah. it was right towards the end of um, the struggle.
2: Yeah, but, and then, uh, and then COVID.
4: Bang. Bing yeah. bong.
3: <laughs> Which honestly, uh as as rough as it sounds, COVID was a blessing in disguise because I yep. got to spend a lot more time at home with the kid. Um because if you ended up on someone's trace form, that whether you got sick or not, you got sent home for 14 days.
5: Don't mind if I do.
2: So- that's
3: the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah, no, don't I'm mind cheating. if so I, I do, bro. <laughs>
5: who's I mean, who's I- the guy looking over my trace forms? Oh wait, that's Kevin. Yeah. Oh wait, You're Kevin, did you just
3: get COVID? <laughs> i'm not gonna lie man like it, it might have been a little suspicious when the entire prop and rotor and just devo was on the trace form i'm just saying
4: just uh, right on there
3: uh, I, mean, I did i was in the shop when like, you guys right now you better put me on it and then it came up and i was like oh shucks how'd that happen <laughs> How the hell? was that 10 minutes
4: already <laughs> Ooh, weird
3: but uh that that was the biggest blessing I got to spend a lot of time with the kid and away from work and um so that that wasn't bad, and then I got into going into this leadership position, so that part wasn't bad, but back before then um I like I said in twenty eighteen that's when all three of those guys passed, and we were we were struggle busing uh deployed at the end of uh twenty eighteen came back in the beginning of nineteen and they uh we were on a phase and there was three people assigned to this phase and typically it's it's like a nine-man team right and there's three people on this phase and uh as soon as i got back from deployment there was no leave there was nothing it was immediately hey thanks for coming back get to work fall in and i was like cool man and this was the same phase that we did the 14-hour days on repeat 13 days in a row for a month and a half straight. And, Did they uh, just
4: kick you in the nuts when you got to work, too? The, we got half a, rant, like... Kick you in the nuts, mean, take you your food, take
5: know. your children, take your wives, take your food on your forehead when <laughs> yeah. you got to work.
3: They rolled you saying, in like, mud <laughs> and dirty oil. We were already working by the time you guys showed up, so yeah, you have told if we got kicked in the nuts or not. But, uh...
5: <laughs> The oldest trick in the book. Got it right where we want
3: it. During that time frame, um, (laughs) I had just gotten a girlfriend, my now wife, and she was also in the army, and so she obviously had her struggles, and I had mine, and we were able to come home, and we were able to defuse only a little bit because... We'd get home, and we were both like, dude, our soldiers are retarded or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, this is stupid. I this know the this, feeling. This that. What? Like, and, and there was no real decompression because, one, I was going back to work within a 10-hour period. Um, and It wasn't like I had 10 hours off. Like, I obviously had to drive home after 9, eat, shower, sleep, get up in the morning, get ready, all that. Like, whatever. I, it was not a 10-hour free period. It was – it more of a seven and eight hour period.
4: Oh, so that was like between when you got off and when you had to come back, was 10 hours.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was oh, 10 hours yeah. total. Um, so you still have to do the driving, you still have to get ready, you still have to yeah. do all this stuff, you still have to work out. Like yep. uh, we, it, it was a very tough period and there wasn't a lot of time to work out, even though there's a standard to work out in the military. you we just weren't given that time. And my, like I said earlier, we barely had lunches. We had split lunches. Um, we tried keeping it to an hour, which is, it, it's a decent lunch. Don't get me wrong. You can't,
5: you can't, what? Like group A is doing it in this corner yeah. and then, like, like seven. high school, like high school, they do it yeah, 11 dude. to 12, 12 to 13. Yeah. the other group, A, yeah. two people sit over there, two people
3: sit over there. You guys don't I talk. Lunch. Your food tastes better and,
5: when your ears are together.
3: <laughs> don't you forget it? <laughs> and it was, God. it was just rough. And then reflecting that back home. There was no decompression period for me because obviously I need to compress somehow. So I'm going to play video games. Well, if I play any video games or if I read a book or if I do anything like anything of my hobbies, which I can't do because it's night, uh, (laughs) I can't Like I, (laughs) sleep, right? So either A, I lose out on sleep and become a detriment to what we're doing, and I just work slower, more, you know, malingering and whatnot. Smoke more, drink
2: more monsters.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. It's just not healthy. Right, or I'm able to decompress or like, or I get the sleep and I can't decompress appropriately, and so I just have this pent up anger in order to go crazy, in a sense. Um, because like you said, uh, with your Albert Einstein quote, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I mean, thank god I didn't have to do it, but could you imagine what would have happened if I did a month and a half of 14 hour days? with the exact same schedule not being able to decompress. Yeah.
2: How long did you that have to do it? would be miserable, yeah. How long? For what? How long did you do it?
3: Um, that, like never. I would I would lose sleep 100% of the time. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So what what switch? I'm sorry.
3: Like what So, what so like what
2: half halfway you're like, look, I can't live like this?
3: No, like I mean at that point it, it was just embracing it like there, there was no getting better um and another thing you, you asked about uh some rough leadership earlier but i forgot this part um the first the first weekend that we had to work so we worked monday through friday they're like hey we have to work this saturday and sunday i was like all right so i told him i was like hey Bro. mind you whether whether it's real or not right i i will admit i was a piece of shit. i was like hey i gotta go to church on sunday And you know what I got told? Too bad. What? God forgives? Bring a podcast in. Dang, bro. Oh, what?
2: (laughs) Hey, I know a guy.
3: Yeah. Right. So they, they told me to bring a podcast and go put it on the big speaker so everybody can listen to a church thing. Um and well, that's illegal whether too. I, what, whether I was religious or not, like that's besides the point. And I understand that we had a goal to reach, and we didn't hit that goal. But again, there was three of us rather than nine. Well, once I got there, it was four. Um, but like, it was—it's it, just not good for anybody being in a situation like that. And you know, some people thrive in it. Some people need the constant stress in order to produce something like that. But you have to know. Each one of your employers at a base level. Um, and whether you are, like in this case, a platoon site I need to know at a bare minimum the section science and even the team leads. It'd be uh, viable if you knew everybody, right? But it once you get to, like, let's say, an Amazon level, you're not going to know every single person, right? You got a million people working underneath you. You're not going to know that. You got to know your, your, Basic leadership, you're, you're 10 guys, 15 guys, 50 guys, whatever it is, and they need to know everybody else, and they need to be passing yeah. information along. And they got to you got to
2: trust those guys.
3: And each person is different, right? Just like each project is different. You wouldn't lead every single project the same. The only thing you can do is cook food, man. If you throw a hot pocket in the microwave for three minutes and you throw another hot pocket in the microwave for three minutes, it's going to come out the same, right? But if you're pushing out a product or if you're pushing out something, like, you can't do everything the same and people act the same way. So, you know, maybe I can't yell at KD, but I can yell at Trevor, and Trevor understands what I'm saying and works. KD just shuts down. Like, you have to be able to reflect and bend your leadership style in order to help your employers succeed and I mean, it's a tough job, man, but it for needs those, to happen. For those listening, that was hypothetical. I would, if I had to guess, uh,
2: the
4: role would be reversed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, if you came and yelled at me, Devo, I would just start crying. Get fucked. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: and, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like, um, I have a, a soldier, actually, who he isn't a horrible guy, but he's <laughs> – oh, no, no, just just hear me out, right? Hear no, me out. That's guy. Hear me out. Hear oh, me out, hear me out. He just sucks. Yeah. Hear me out. No, hear me
5: no, out. No. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: It's not that he sucks. He he's one of the special ones, you know. Oh, like, I know. He,
5: hey, God. Private Adams, you listening? Oh,
3: shout out to Adams, bro. Good dude. Adams, dude, you are the first person I met in our unit that was born after 9/11
2: and who didn't shower. <laughs>
3: Well, we
4: don't give you respect for that one. but we'll give I think it. that was his leadership not enforcing the counseling that they gave him. Yo, fuck <laughs> so you, dude.
2: I tried my best, and then I got sent on like, oh, I got COVID,
3: actually. That's a when leader I doesn't make
4: excuses, Trevor. Yeah, you're what? just a failure. Yeah, I'm just the worst yeah, person in the world.
3: I have this soldier, and he's a special case <laughs> where you can't talk to him like you would any other soldier. And as, as much of a dig as I'm going to sound, I don't know how he made it through basic— with drill sergeants because this kid does not learn this way you have to sit down and you have to explain through a conversation everything that he's doing and he it's difficult because i'm not necessarily egotistical but i am extremely confident in my abilities and capabilities of what i can do
5: yeah
3: and he sees how i'm thriving at least for now he sees it and he wants to reflect it which is awesome man like if you got it flaunt it do what you can don't get cocky with it. Um, he's doing things where, like, he picks up uh, a full admission qualified, right? So he, he progressed to the next maintenance level and he thinks he's just this maintenance god now. Right? And Wait a minute. It, it, you really have to sit back and you have to rein him in and humble him, but you can't just yell. You have to humble him with a true conversation and put emotions into it and be like, look, dude, you are doing good. Don't get me wrong. But you have to remember that everybody else has done this before you like do you, uh, i would love i would love for him to be the first one but there's been other people dude go ahead
2: do you is there a solution cuz you just said this man got fmq but still was not uh like a maintenance god what well, and and fmq for those fully mission qualified is normally for for engine shop it was a checklist of maintenance tasks that we normally had to do in order to proceed onwards with our career and gain credibility. But in that was only maintenance tasks. There were no leadership tasks. There were none of that. Is there a way you could implement that? Would you? And how hard would that be?
3: I am extremely glad you brought that up because Uh-oh. I don't know. Walked right for... into enemy
4: hands. Oh,
3: yes, you walked into my trap. <laughs> <So anyway. laughs> um, I don't know if it's progressing to every shop, but for Tango's or for the, the Blackhawk mechanics, there is leadership stuff in our MRL progression, which is our, our readiness program, you know. Um, and so you, you guys got it broken down by tasks. So, and your first set of tasks it is primarily maintenance right and then the second set of tasks it is more advanced maintenance your third set of tasks are the highest maintenance level that you can get like you need to know all of these things to progress but then you start getting into some more of the uh, psychological slash neurological things where it's like troubleshooting and stuff like that where you actually have to use <clears throat> problem solving yeah. and then you get into these the senior level tasks which is at the fourth level and it is all leadership based. It is leading the projects. It is um, ensuring safety of your soldiers. It's ensuring safety of your environment. It's, uh, can you, um, you know, like communicate with other shops successfully in order to push this project out in a mindful time. And it's not just a phase, like it's every single inspection that we have but they do have about 20 to 25 leadership tasks in the tango world now. Um, but the, the biggest thing that you have to remember is with this program, they don't have to get evaluated on everything in order to progress, right? They just have to be trained on it.
5: Mm-hmm. And
3: depending on who your trainer is, because I'm one of the trainers, right? right. But mm-hmm. we have other trainers in our shop. Depending on your trainer, you can be in the goody boy system and they just pass you along and you're an fmq or they're like hey we need to get something for our training program like we have to have another fmq Hey, this guy's closest make them without training him. yeah um but i i take it real and like i have soldiers who were above me who were mine who are my best friends who fly on these aircraft and so i take everything too hard and take it extremely serious And so when I'm going to progress them, I will train them in everything that I know about that situation, and show them where they can learn more, before I sign them off on that leadership task. Yeah. So I hope it progresses to more than just my shop. I was just gonna
2: say, yeah, you ought to, you know, we'll print you. I will create a poster for you to uh, print out and throw on the engine shop door. Tell, tell good old uh, Rojas, go on get. (laughs)
4: fall in
2: yeah uh nope but you brought up uh the good boys club good old boys um could you explain that real quick and then also kind of there is no way to combat it almost other than through time it seems like you just kind of weed them out so you gotta accept that how do you combat it in the moment in the present and deal with it in the future
3: uh the the goodie boy club uh whether the army military jobs anything in life they say that there's no goodie boy club like there will always be a goodie boy club and you may not see it or you are the one in it and you don't realize it but it's like let's say us three grew up together in the same engine shop right and we just stuck it out we didn't get injured anything happened and we re-enlisted and kept going and now we're at the top of the chain didn't get injured I'm just throwing something out say, all three the top of my bitch, head, <laughs> and you know, let's say um Kevin here is trying to go for a job in a different shop, and like i let's just say all hypothetical stuff, I'm first on right, and you know you guys are both e sevens or whatever the case is, or Kevin's first starting we're both e sevens whatever you guys want to make um. And I'm like, hey, I want to go over here. Instead of having to bust my ass and work for it and prove that I am capable of the job, I just go to Kevin. And I'm like, hey, man. Hey, boss. um, I'm trying to get this job. Hook me up. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure, man. Easy. Bam. I get the job. I know a guy. Rather than somebody who is capable of doing it. And that's where the saying is, uh, it's not what you know. It's who you know. Um, And I. I thought the Giddy Boy Club was, uh, it it was very obvious when I first showed up to the, and uh, it was rough dealing with it. And I, I did not like it. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. Like, and then just dealing with it, it's, it's going to put you into a, a negative spiral honestly because at some point you're just going to be like no matter what i do i will never be able to get the opportunities that other people are getting because they're best friends with so and so yeah um and so i, I mean we've talked about the best thing to do is grind man and i i like i'm not taking away from anyone else right but i've busted my ass we got to where we got and it almost feels like i'm now in the goodie boy club But then I also have to do some reflection because, like, how much time and effort and sacrifice did me and my guys put in in order to get to where we are now? Are we actually in the Goody Boy Club or is it just people are actually recognizing us for the amount of effort and stuff that we put in? Yeah,
2: you almost can change the Goody Boy Club if you are a good Goody Boy.
3: Right. And so I, I couldn't tell you if I'm in the Goody boy club. Sure. Some things may come my way that I didn't deserve and they just needed a name. Maybe it's the right place, right time. But I don't necessarily think I'm in the Goody, Bo- Goody boy club yet. And if I am, then I hope we do change it into, hey, who works the hardest, who has the best work mentality and, you know, who can actually produce something rather than I'm cool with this guy. I drink with him on the weekends. Let's give him the job, you know.
4: I think you'd know if you were in it, dude. Yeah, it's
3: very. I don't. I
2: think the people who are in it abuse it. That's an easy way to
4: know if you're in it. That's right. But, funny. like, do they know that they're abusing it, though? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, bit. yeah, bro.
2: Hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, first of all, let me get this job real quick.
4: They know exactly what the fuck they're doing, dude. No, but, like, how do they. How do you know when they don't just think it's, like, a friend? Like, they, they don't view it as something malicious to be a part of
2: yeah i mean that's true i guess
4: yeah like that's always something that i kind of struggle with on this subject is like i've had some people that i've been friends with but those are usually the kind of hard workers anyway so if like someone accused me of running this good old boys Uh... program like someone did it's like okay it's it's not that i like him because i fucking hang out with him it's like i like him because he does a lot of work and he's yeah, smart you hang
2: out with him because you like him and he does a lot of work and he's smart too. yeah like it's just, I, like I could it's just
4: so cool. see it being one of those like seek and ye shall find type situations
3: yeah, i <sighs> I love how all of your guys' comments always reflect into another podcast of yours. How uh, do like, we do it? How do we like, do it? Don't like mind if we do. That, <laughs> surround yourself with people you want to be. From three. Right? <laughs> so if you're going to surround yourself with hard Steph workers, with this they're either like – they're not going to – maybe they won't drag you along, but they're not going to let you – like B- shit like you'd be like dude these guys are kicking ass like why am i just sitting here like i gotta go help them with something or something like you will then become more progressive and then you will reach out and get the initiative in order to do something like they are and i love it dude like yeah like is... you
4: don't
3: you don't want to be the one guy fucking dragging
4: <clears throat> dragging ass when everyone else is working yeah
2: well with that though uh i did mention i wanted to see how you guys how do you uh combat that because i never did well with this i and uh I, I guess we should ask Tim about this too, because he was never good at this either.
4: Talk about uh, a toxic leader.
2: Yeah, man. Worst oh. person ever. No, uh, but combating the uh the Good Boys Club when when you are looking out for the greater good of your guys, how do you do that, especially when they have more power than you? Because that's normally where the where resides the problem resides.
3: This <clears throat> it may have been just the perfect timing and the stars aligned coincidence um, huh but the one NC or one of, one of the leaders I was talking about before <laughs> um the one that kept us till 11 30 doing parade rest um he was in a goodie boy club right mm. um and what? maybe no. maybe I right so um <laughs> the issue is is no matter how many leaders liked him, just the position I was at, and I'm not saying it was solely me, because obviously, just because I said I don't like someone, I'm not going to get someone fired or moved or whatever. Um, it was the belief of someone else that was in charge, and I was able to go a step higher than where he was, and like I said, use the open door policy and be like, hey, this is what's happening. Listen to all my guys' story. And it took that one leader that was above him to say, that's it. I'm pushing this up. And he, he was fed up. Obviously, um, it's really hard once you get to that pyramid of leadership, because you only have so many more people to go to. And And it's scary going to those people to some people. Absolutely. For most people, honestly, um, But if you're an extrovert slash you don't care what people think, like everyone's a human, whether I think he's going to listen to me or not, everyone's a human, man. Like, I've been there. They've been there. Like, it it is what it is. And so going to that person and reaching out and being like, hey, this is the situation. Like, we need help. Otherwise, we're not going to be successful. And that senior leader being able to say, you know what? You're right. I have to look out for the 40 guys rather than the one. Right. Because that, like, even what I'm saying is, like, I, I'm an E5, I'm a sergeant. Like, I'm not the one doing phases. I have maintainers that are doing the phases. I'm not touching the aircraft. They're the ones busting their ass. And so I'd rather make all of them happy. I bring donuts in on Mondays. Ew. I mean, that, that keeps them happy every Monday. Like, starts their week off, right? Give the people we, what they want. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. I, I take the L. I lose 3000 bucks a week. But I make my guys happy, and we produce a badass product and so that's where it's like do you make man, the one person happy because he's your boy, or do you make the forty people happy because they're yeah. actually producing real life things that are gonna help everybody yeah. else in the
2: situation yeah no uh this happened there. I talked to Kevin about it. It goes back to networking man it's uh i i uh guess you could say I donated ten bucks today to a friend and and uh it i left it for him by by saying uh i texted him saying hey man uh didn't have like a it was a 20 instead of two 10s didn't have two 10s you could just keep the extra 10 i appreciate your support cuz i want to say the day before or two days before he was yeah the day before he was talking about supporting my podcast and it's just that networking man the 10 bucks means nothing to me it might mean something to him i don't i don't know his situation maybe it means more to him than it does to me but to me, that 10 bucks is worth our friendship, and me and Kevin have talked about this. That 10 bucks is worth having this guy closer to my side and on my team because I know what kind of guy he is
4: Oh dude there there's nothing that I hate more than when I'm like out with someone and they're like I'm like, hey, can you pick me up like a monster on your way over here or whatever?" And they fucking are like, "Oh, you didn't cash at me 286 it's it's like, bro, you're really going to nickel into- Hey, bitch, that's 386.
2: Awesome, you forgot that inflation,
4: son. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking 20 bucks probably by the time you get this up. But like, <laughs> shit, dude. Like, I'm sorry. bro. Even if it's like a whole lunch, like I'm not- It would have to be like over fucking $200 to be like really stressed about some shit. Yeah. But that though with the right people, you wouldn't need to do it though. Like if, if Trevor spent like 150 bucks on some shit for yeah. me, like I'm not going to not pay that back. Yeah. But, like, if if you brought me over some food, like, I would just get you some the next time. And
2: you shouldn't yeah. expect a payback either. There's, I mean, there's a couple of times, even with the podcast, I throw in some money, Kev throws in some money. We're both going on our own adventures, and we both have the trust in each other that money's not going to stop us, pretty much. It's that financial freedom. Money's not going to stop us. Neither one of us care enough about the money to where we're going to hit a roadblock and be like, hey, man,
5: uh." in order to get the website up i need 20 bucks like you know what i'm
2: saying
4: or like yeah you owe me that 20 bucks back
2: (laughs) yeah it's just it's not a it's a toxic environment
3: so speaking of uh money and whatnot if just for the you know the viewers if one of your soldiers gets into trouble whether it's financially or you know uh lawfully or whatever you're not supposed to be able or like that you're highly highly recommended not to pay for anything other stuff um i get a little personal here i had one of my soldiers get arrested for you know whatever the case was um and i had to help him out uh, he he paid his own bond but he didn't have his wallet and they told him um because I, I was dealing with primarily most of that situation this toxic leader i had said don't pay for anything for him take him straight to the barracks room drop him off this oh, kid went no. to the barracks room he had no pillow no sheets no blanket no food no water not like nothing he had the just a bed that's all he had like a mattress and just yeah just a mattress and and like
2: prison mattress
3: you, you got to have some type of humanity in. like this is a, a human dude like not a, just a human this is one of my soldiers this is One of the guys I have to take care of, and
2: someone who's now in deep shit, who's now gonna fall deeper,
3: and and just because he doesn't have his wallet, like the dude will pay me back, right? Like we've been cool. It's not even if he's been cool. Like I need this guy to survive. Like that—that is my goal as a leader. I am trying to keep. And yeah, you could you could tie it in
2: if whatever you paid for him is it really worth losing that person to depression, suicide, especially in the military? Is it worth that? Is it worth him falling down into that for whatever you paid? I, I'd be willing to pay almost anything just so I could take it off my conscience. Because if he dies on my watch, I'm like, oh, fuck me. I had the money, didn't front it, dropped him off, and now I just listened to this guy, and now he caused me more pain.
3: And the leader believed that 100%. And yeah. I couldn't do it, so I took this man to Walmart. And I bought him a pillow, and like this dude. Was as humble as possible. I gave him free up range. I was like, dude, get whatever food you need. Get whatever you need to last you a couple of days until this blows over. We can figure things out. Because he was there for like three to five days. So I was like, it's not crazy. This man picked the cheapest pillow, the cheapest sheets, cheapest blanket, cheapest food. He got, you know, two packs of ramen and a couple hot pockets. Like this man got as cheap as possible. And I was, I kept reminding him, I was like, bro, you're not just surviving. Like you are here to live. Like you are fine. I will pay for it. And he was stressing, like he was like, "Give me the receipt as soon as we got done." He's like, "I'm, I'm gonna pay you back," and it's like, "I understand you will, but like that's not my high priority. Like my high priority is to make sure that you are okay and and that you're gonna be able to vie, like just, just survive, like live, bro. Like I'm not locking you down. I'm not doing any of this. I'm not gonna keep you in a dungeon. You know, like I want (laughs) you to be good, like." this is this yes it's a punishment you got arrested for whatever the case whether it was uh convicted or not like you got punished but i'm not going to send <clears> you <throat> away and ignore you and treat you like you're trash because of an incident
4: yeah i mean that's one that we're familiar with oh all too
3: shot. well and i you know what
2: i want to tap into it real quick so uh won't mention a name um very close friend to me and kevin and I didn't know him too well when he got into trouble. He got into trouble, and our leader at the time led me in the right direction a lot. People said I was favored by him a lot. And at one point, um, the soldier had to paint yellow lines on the fucking floor just to make them look better, bro. Are you shitting me? And I was told not to help him. We got done I with can... work at 4.30 p.m. I, I, actually, no, I want to say it was early. I want to say we got done around. It was like a Friday. We got done around 3. We cleaned up, got done around 3. And It was around 3.15. Yeah. Ah, and I was the first person to step up, get my toolbox done, and get on them floors, bro.
4: I'll tell you why that happened, though. Go ahead. Because I was coming back from leave when that happened. And I was texting the guy that you're talking about that showed... The leader. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was texting him, like, what the fuck should I do? Like, I had been an NCO at that point for, like, a month. Maybe two. And, like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Because, like, the dude that I was texting that was our boss, he wasn't there. and I'm, I'm like, the only one there. And he fucking texts me to have him paint the floors, right? Because I think he was deployed. Ooh. He gets back, like, a month later. And he's, like... Wow, the floors look nice. What'd you do? I was like, what do you mean? You fucking told me to have him paint this shit. And he's like, oh, I was kidding. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, <laughs> he didn't he didn't say like LOL, LMAO, <laughs> not shit. Literally said, have him paint the floor. LMAO, LOL. And like in my mind, I'm already in deep shit because this dude got arrested and he works in my shop. I also get these floors painted. I'm not thinking this dude's gonna be like fucking cool and joking with me, dude. And then he's like, Oh, I'm joking. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, this dude was painting this shit for like and it looked nice, bro. Man, Those and let me
5: tell you something. So, yeah, Devo, you wanna chime in on uh that pristine it, Mona I, Lisa I, floors, I bro?
3: Uh, and the reason why I can chime in is uh it's gonna be a little side story real quick, but uh the engine shop boys have this little square in their shop, Uh-oh. and it was made as a smart ass thing at first but it's the safe zone and uh i would go and i would this, just walk I, in and
2: <laughs> real quick this the safe zone is literally a square like on the floor it's like a square of a floor, masking yeah, tape okay. of masking tape
3: it's, it's a 12 by, 12, inch uh, by 12 inch square yeah um and so i would just go in there and just stand in it and like as silly as it sounds it was just like a breath of fresh air because like one it was obviously <laughs> the engine <laughs> shop but two there was like there, nothing could affect me in that circle in that square you know like, and we I stood would,
5: by that we it, stood so, by that rule.
3: At first, it seemed like a smart-ass thing, but after I started using it, I was just like, all right, I can breathe, good to go. I walked in there to use that square, man. I went to go stand in there, and I saw the bright, bright yellow floors. I was like, oh, oh this is nice. Who board. did it, like, bro? We're like with it. But they were, they were putting the grind in to make them floors look good. It was, yeah. like, it yeah, was
4: almost sure. blinding.
3: But, it like, with yeah, no, that
4: sure. kind of – like, I, 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 we're hunting the good stuff, right? Like, because I didn't know the dude that did it very well. Like, I didn't know, like, if he was a good dude or not. Like, I had seen guys go did what he did, and they're just shitheads afterwards. So, like, I didn't know what to expect. And then, like, I told him to paint the floors, and then he comes out, and they look fucking like they just rolled out the assembly line. And I'm oh, like, bullshit. whoa, this, this dude, uh, don't count him out just yet. Yeah, well, you know, hold up. The fat lady has the sung, so, Yeah, bro. Huh? Hunt the good stuff. At least I fucking no. thought that he was
2: a good dude. For and uh, there's, there's a backstory behind the safe space. I don't want to say I was there for it, but I do kind of know it. Kevin, were you there for it?
4: No, I, I want to no, say okay. I was deployed
2: when it came. Okay, out. so um, there was a production control non-commissioned officer in charge. Oh no. Who came into the shop? Oh, no. <clears throat> who happens to have no hair? Oh my god! And he's a and he's a very um old school man. He's probably about
4: thirty five, probably. No, he's like thirty one. He just looks old.
2: Really. The man, I was gonna guess fifty, dude. He's probably really? yeah. No, the man yeah, no, looks older 35. than shit. No, that man is old. Uh, but no, very old school way of thinking. Grew up in Texas, uh, right leaning fella, of course. And um, he came in. And we were pitching about, I want to say it was like the 14-hour days we were working. Because in a December, um, we had, I want to say Kevin was gone. Yeah, Kevin was gone on leave. We had our uh, platoon sergeant up our ass. The um, squad leader was overseas.
5: And the man who would have been acting squad leader was also overseas. So we, we had a... Um, a time where we also did fourteen-hour days,
2: six, six to sixes, and uh, the mentality was, oh, "Well, you guys should want to come in here and get it done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, add it up, chief. <laughs> add it up, chief. Literally, six to bro. Six is twelve, big dog. You have to add getting ready. Oh, you have shit. to add. They right. were that long, no. bro. He don't uh, remember them
3: right. nines um, dog.
5: I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I remember I
2: got there at six. At least one of the days. He's really good at. And that's bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to do that again. But um, so we were bullshitting, and he came in. We were bitching, and he's like, "Man, what do you guys need a safe space?" And I, it was either Tommy. I want to say it was Tommy. Tommy. Brought out the masking tape, put it on there, and then I think it just stuck with it because the floor was always uh, – it was newer. or some, sh- It was some shit. The masking tape ended up sticking to the floor. It got so dirty to where it looked like shit, and the square space stuck there forever. I wonder if it's still there. We
3: ought to get a picture. It was when I, I, I left. I'll you go know. tomorrow, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll send it to you, boys. That's but, just- uh, it. It's needed, dude. Like, it was a smart ass thing when I first saw it. Yeah. And so I said some bullshit. Obviously, I watched it like Eeyore, and someone was like, <laughs> hey, stand in the square. Get and you in like, the square, bro. Space. And it, <laughs> it was a tape. joke at first, you know, but like, like like we were just talking about, like the, the false attitude, just being the giver, not the take. Yeah. Like, standing in it, it really showed that it didn't show everyone else, like, oh, it was great, but like, it was just like a false advertisement to me, like, Nobody can affect anything that I do in this. No, space, and, no matter
5: what.
2: Yeah, we stood, we stood by it, too. Like, if someone did come by and try to affect it, I mean, you best believe someone's yelling, hey, you better shut the fuck up. This dude's in a square space, in a space, safe space right now. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like we put it on there and then you came in. And, hey, Devo, you sat there and someone left you alone. Someone would always try and talk to you because it's motherfucking Devo in the building. But you best believe someone's yelling, that's a safe space. You better leave him alone.
4: It's because it just worked, bro. Bro,
2: straight up. Straight up. You ain't going to fix something that ain't broke.
4: How are we looking on time, Trevor?
2: Bro, we are I'm at an hour. Hour 40, 45. man.
3: Oh, dude, that's it.
2: That feels <laughs> so good.
3: Yeah. There's I'll just so much to talk about, dude.
2: I mean, we'll have more.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'll – shit we can do as many as you want man yeah
2: you already know you'll be back on man but uh you yeah. got anything to say real quick I'm hoping this gets out to your soldiers so uh you got I'm anything got, to I'm say
3: gonna, to I'm gonna push it out to as many people as possible and I really just want to thank you guys cause you know you guys are doing this like I said for at least one life right um even before the podcast you guys helped change mine and so all I can say is I really do appreciate you guys and I hope this goes far I
2: appreciate it man it means a lot, especially coming for you. I looked up to you a lot, so feels weird <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, with that k d thanks for coming on again.
4: yep, right real quick, just thanks for everyone who watches us and believes in us. We've got a lot of big things to come, and I'm excited to get there with all you guys. Thanks for watching
2: yeah, yeah, the support uh me and me and tommy, I wanna to say talked about it yesterday morning, the support with the new good old boys. With the new Dub boys is uh off the charts, man. It's been unreal. It feels great. It feels uh I mean it's like cloud nine, man. We're we're flying high. We got support from all you guys. We can't appreciate it enough. And uh we got the scheduling up on there now on the website. You can hop on schedule anything. That's how uh Devo did it. He was the first one to get it done. Me and
3: super easy, dude. Yeah,
2: yeah. Kevin, uh Kevin and I get a text and an email. And uh, it's good to go. Hope to see you on here more, Devo. Keep grinding, baby. And uh, with that, fellas, we'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, guys, just want to say thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mind Over Matter. Uh, me and Kevin want to give a thanks to everyone supporting the channel. We appreciate it a lot. Um, if you want to show some more support, you can head over to mindovermatterpodcast.net. Uh, top right, there's a store. You could get some merch now. Um, still working out the kinks of that. It's all a work in progress, but with your guys' support, it's all been pretty easy. Um, it's coming pretty naturally, and I couldn't be more thankful for everyone. Um, go ahead and head over to that website. You could uh, set up a time to schedule with us. Me and Kevin are free just about any time of the week. We're looking to schedule anyone we can. All we ask is you throw in a topic. Uh, just kind of what you want to talk about, especially for the people we don't know, throw your expertise or whatever you're into. Give us a little background knowledge or show up a little early so we could talk about uh, what we want to talk about. Once again, thank you for your support. And I only see this going up. See you guys next episode.